Welcome to Heart, Hustle, and Humor, a show for dedicated, hardworking, fun entrepreneurs and business owners who want to build a business bigger than their own satisfaction. We all know heart got you started, hustle made it happen, and humor got you through it. This is the only place you can get inspired and motivated by my guests who are using the trifecta of heart, hustle, and humor in their business. It's time to dream higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Media Services. Kaleidoscope Media Services helps professionals scale their business by adding digital products for success. I'm your host, Dr. T. Welcome to another episode of Heart, Hustle, and Humor. I'm your host, Dr. T. In studio, I have Ray Ingen. Oh, oh, you just get ready, listeners. We are going to have a lot of laughs. I'm telling you right now, we're going to have a lot of laughs. I, but I got to tell you a little bit about Ray first. So, I, you know, I, I had to talk to Ray about this because he said when he was a little boy, uh, he used to walk inside of his mom's wrap around skirt to avoid talking to strangers. Yet he went on to a career in stand-up comedy, toured the country, and has had his humor heard on The Tonight Show and Late Night with David Letterman. Uh, then he entered the cor- corporate world, <clears throat> and you all know how I feel about corporate world, um, and quickly rose through the ranks as a successful sales manager known for creating positive and powerful sales teams. He has testified before the Presidential Task Force on Small Businesses in America, and we all need those advocates. He appeared as an election commentator on MSNBC. He's talked about his his story on the way to his semifinal appearance in the World Championship of Public Speaking in 2013. Now you can find him inspiring and making people learn through humor with his leadership through Laughter Company. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. T. It's great to be here. That person sounds fabulous. There's a lot of pressure on me to follow up that interruption. <laughs> hey, I am just, I'm, I'm telling you, we met through a mutual acquaintance and it's always great to have somebody like you who, who's had a variety of opportunities and done things, who's an entrepreneur, who's made people laugh. I, you know, I want to jump right into this because you believe that every business that laughs will reap more profits. And, and here's a quote. This is your quote. Funny is the honey that makes more money. Tell me, tell me why you came up with that quote. Why I came up with that quote. I, it's also funny is the honey that makes your message stick. And so humor is a very memorable piece in life. And study after study after study shows that if you have present teachings with humor, your audience remembers more. Now, from a business standpoint, salespeople sell 37% more if they're happy and use humor in the workplace. Uh, There's a great book called Humor Seriously by a couple of uh, Stanford um, uh, MBA graduate professors, and they teach a class on business humor. And one of the studies they did is they presented, they negotiated prices on things. And one group was humorless, the other group was humorless until the end where they said, and I'll throw in my pet frog. And that little phrase, I'll throw in my pet frog, netted 18% more profit in, in the negotiations. So just a little bit of humor goes a long way. 
happy workers, 31% more productive. That comes from the Society of HR Managers. You know, were you, so, so you, you know, you grew up, you were shy, but, but were you always funny or did you grow into the funny? Well, one of the things that I discovered along the way is that humor isn't a magical gift like a unicorn. It's a process. And I happen to have a funny father. So I got to observe this at a very young age. Uh, but you can make anybody funnier if, as long as you understand the process with it. But I was so shy because well, what, what happened when I was a little kid in first grade, uh, I was very shy. And if I got shy, I'd walk inside my mom's wraparound skirt. Well, at the very first open house with every parent, teacher and student in attendance, one of the teachers, Mrs. Carrillo, happened to walk in. I happened to she was wearing the exact same wraparound skirt my mom had on. And I walked in the wrong skirt and I'll never forget the sound <laughs> that Mrs. Carrillo made that day. But the whole school made fun of me. They laughed at me. And this is before bullying was bad. This is back when it was a, a, an art form kind of thing. <laughs> and it took me, it took me a, a fantastic super teacher in fifth grade named Mr. Huber to kind of overcome the shyness. And, and uh, uh, really he, he, he started me to speak he pulled me aside and he said, Ray, I know who you are. Cause I was really shy. They called me the quiet one. The, you know, all these, all these things about th the mime boy, uh, cat's tongue kid. And he said, I know who, I know who you really are. I'm like, what? He said, well, you sit next to Dan Lewis and you whisper things in Dan's ear. And he says them to the class, Dan is the class clown. So you must be the class clowns head writer. Oh. And I liked that. Yeah. And I liked that. Oh. And and one of the greatest things he taught me, he actually, uh, long story short, he uh, made me the lead in the school play. And he taught me, because I was going to try to get out of it, because I realized there was uh, a lot of, uh, a lot different between talking to 30 kids in your class and 217 strangers from a stage. And he asked me the night before the play, when I called him to say, you know, I, I think I'm going to be sick tomorrow, you know? <laughs> and he said, do you feel a, a thumping in your chest? And I said, oh yeah, I'm probably having a heart attack. Can't do the school play without having a heart attack. And then he gave me the best piece of advice. He said, that thumping, it's not your heart. It's your dreams knocking on your heart's door. And the bigger the thump, the bigger the dream. Wow. So don't ever fear it, feed off of it. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a a great thing to have ingrained in you as you started to get into all the stand-up comedy and corporate and working with other people. And oh, that has to be sort of a foundation for you. I haven't shut up since, you know, that's kind of the, uh, it, humor is so life-changing for people. Uh, one of the things I do when I talk to groups is I'll just, just to show them the attitude in the room, I said, okay, everybody just smile, go ahead and smile. You know, go ahead and smile, Teresa. No, a real one, a real one. Okay. <laughs> See, now you feel better mm -hmm. than you did two seconds ago. And who did that? It wasn't me, it's you. Yeah. And we can do this every single day, anytime we want to. Uh, the, the, the attitude in the room, at least the attitude in your own self is just like your shirt. You can change it whenever you want. And if you want to be in a good mood, you can. It's just a question of who you're going to drag with you. Uh, laughter's contagious, it's instant rapport and acceptance, it's instant trust. Uh, you can see that physically on people when, the, when where, where laughter comes in. 
um, if I creep you out, which, you know, it's possible, right? Uh, what people tend to do is they tend to like back away and they tuck their chin down. And the reason they're doing that is they're protecting the most vulnerable area of your body, which is your, your throat. Well, what happens when you laugh? You throw your head back in laughter. So subconsciously, what you're saying is, look, I trust you. You can, you can get me, but there's my throat right there. I'm showing you trust. It's instant rapport. It's the backbone of likability. Uh, anybody that doesn't do it, who's a leader in a company, is wasting time, money, effort, energy, and losing productivity. Yeah. You know, I, I've always said that sometimes you just have to, when you don't know what to do next in business, um, everything's hitting you, you don't know what to do. Sometimes you just have to sit and laugh. Yeah. Because, because what else are you going to do? It's either laugh or cry. And usually laughing makes you just feel better and it's contagious. And then people want to engage with you. And, and usually you can find a, a fun, find a solution. Um, yet, you know, but, but when you're going around and you're helping people laugh, you know, people do struggle. I mean, and, and people have to have, you know, the hustle, the hustle part. How do you really engage people in the hustle part while managing the laughter and the humor and, and having a good time? Well, laughter is part of my hustle. Uh, it makes me go and makes me go forward. Any sort of action creates momentum. And when I talk to somebody and they laugh, it makes me want to do more. Now, the, the hustle, the hard part is when you run into the wall, right? And when you run into the wall that you, you, you can't get everybody to like you. The second you try is the second you lose everybody. But you realize that, okay, this person may not be for me, but let's see if I can find something that'll be good for the next person to get them to like me and use me more. Uh, for example, I had a very, I went to a very stuffy company and was talking about doing a, a lunch and learn for their salespeople. And they said, oh, we take business very seriously. And I said, well, that's, that's fantastic. Um, but consider this, Google has a CFO. And they said, well, we have a CFO. I said, but Google's is a chief fun officer. And where is their company stock compared to yours? <laughs> and I saw the resentment in the guy's face flash. I, that was the only, usually you you get a groan or something like that. But that was the only time I think I've really seen anger uh, <laughs> in, in a guy's face. But when I said that, I go, "Oh, I know I'm onto something." Yeah. Um, and here's the the great thing about humor and hustling in the workplace. I'm not trying to get people to to raucously laugh and like they're in a comedy club. Humor isn't comedy. Humor is, mm. is uplifting. Comedy kind of goes downhill from good to bad and bad to worse. And uh, in that same book I was telling about, they do a great job of explaining movement is the basis of exercise, but until you focus movement, you don't have exercise. And if you wanted to go further than exercise, you can go up to professional athlete, but you don't have to go there to get the benefit of exercise. Mm -hmm. Levity, if you can laugh, you have a sense of humor. It doesn't mean that you can make other people laugh, but you have what it takes to get there. If we focus that, then we move into humor and that's where you can use it. And in business, uh, it's simply safe surprise. So what you're trying to do is create a smile on everybody's face. It's not like you're trying to make people laugh and go, oh God, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Uh, it's, um, you have to define it for people. So regular humor, uh, there's a place called the Humor Research Lab in Boulder, Colorado, or Hurl 
is what their their name is. And one of the guys there did a TED talk and I heard him just define humor. It was the best definition I've ever heard. It's a benign violation of a norm that surprises you. Mm-hmm. A benign violation of a norm that surprises you. It has to be benign because there can't be any pain. If you and I walk down the street and we're buddies and I fall down, first thing you do, laugh. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> of what course. You know? But then I walk up and my arm is broken. Well, then it's not funny anymore. No. But here's the thing. Once the arm is healed, mm-hmm. it's funny again. Right. So it has to be benign. There's no pain. It has to surprise you because you can't tickle yourself. Mm. That's one side of it. Business, just safe surprise. That creates a smile. A smile is just as good as a laugh in a business situation. It's, a, it's, it's fantastic. If you could get everybody around you to smile every single day and you're a leader, how far do you think you can get? Yeah. I, I love to, when, when I was in corporate, I, I used to love to like, you know, go into meetings or go into walking down the hall or, you know, walking outside and you'd see these people, you know, they're very upset or employees are kind of, you know, they're frowning and everything. And I used to love to just, as I'd walk by, just put a big old grin on my face and say, Hey, and, and it was amazing the reaction to my grin and my engagement, how, how they just, like you said, that throat, they just all of a sudden kind of opened up and, and they, for a split second, at least you could see that they were like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. And I love that. And here's the, here's the crazy part about it. Fear and panic. You cannot have fear and panic and laugh at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you're so, doing a whole service by just getting them to smile. Yeah. So, so what made you go from comedy to corporate to now having your own business? Oh my gosh. So I did comedy for 15 years and I admired my friends that had real lives. You know, I made a living at comedy, which puts you in the, like the top half of 1%, but you have to get to the top quarter percent where people would know, Oh, there's Seinfeld. You know, that's, that's like Seinfeld. And I admired the fact that my friends could stay at home and, and had a life and, and knew what money was coming in and, and mm-hmm. could, could understand that. So I decided, well, I've never really had a job. So I decided that comedy, I'll write a resume of sales. And I went into sales and I became a sales manager and, and worked at different places. The last company I was at, we went from about $10 million in revenue to $70 million in revenue in the time that I was there. And they said, well, we've got enough. We don't need you anymore. Here's some money. Walk away. Okay. So I walked away and I thought, wow, I wonder, I must be the luckiest guy in the world because everywhere I went, sales went up and and turnover went down. So I got lucky or was I? And so I uh, reverse engineered everything and I found out what I was doing was I was taking the principles of stand-up, not the fun part where you're in front of, you know, drunk people that are happy, you know, uh, harassing uh, you. Yeah, you. It's yeah. Actually, so there's a, that's what people think of it. There's a lot of situations where you walk into a bar at at nine thirty, and you have to get these bikers playing pool for five hundred dollars a game to stop playing pool, so you can put on your little show. Mm-hmm. And that's the skill, the people skills, the interaction. I was taking the stand up skills and teaching it to my salespeople to make people feel at ease in their presence to make people laugh and gain instant trust and rapport, to make them want to do business with them. 
And I thought, I wonder if any business would buy that. So I went on the road with it. I went, I sold my soul to a seminar company and uh, I tried out my ideas underneath their, uh, their umbrella of leadership training. And I had some trouble at first because people, I was just, I, I had a fun time. I had a great time. People were like, you aren't using the book. So I decided, okay, I got to figure out how to not use the book and have them happy. So I said, you didn't come here to read, did you? Uh, you can read the book later. We'll just talk about my life experience. And then it got fine. I should have done it for one year. I did it for five and then COVID hit. And it's like, talk about the hustle. It's like, wow, what if this house disappears that I'm living in right now? Yeah. I, I better figure out something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I reverse engineered the process of laughter and created the humor algorithm where I can show people how to find humor in just about anything and how to write it and how to use it. Uh, I started doing that program. I came up with a leadership algorithm program. Uh, I do a lot of personal coaching now one-on-one, but that's where the hustle came in because it's like, oh, you're about to lose your house if you don't figure out a way to make money. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, can you, can you give us just a, the highlights of this humor algorithm? Cause, cause I was intrigued by that. So every time you speak, you create a picture. And how defined that picture is, uh, it's your choice to do that. And if I create a picture in your head, it takes you down a particular path. And it's a path of my choosing, not of your choosing. So if I paint that picture and then destroy it, that creates surprise, which creates laughter. And the basis, it's wrapped around a word that can be misinterpreted in several different ways. Mm. Uh, for example, if I say, this is like one of the, the, the very first things I ever talked about on stage. If I say the phrase, uh, I'm seeing someone, what, what do you see in your head when I say I'm seeing someone? You're walking into a room and there they are. Well, usually people go down with the, the dating thing. I'm saying, if I say, oh, single, yes. Okay. So that's what I, I'm yeah. single. Oh, I'm seeing someone. Mm, right? yeah. First love. Uh, awkward moments, first kiss, hand holding, whatever it is. And, and that's where I want you to go with that. Because the real joke was I'm single. Well, I'm seeing someone, but you can't tell much with binoculars. You know, gotcha. Gotcha, it, it yeah. a, a sweet, uh, a sweet little moment to a stalker joke, basically. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a great example, what, what I call this two-way option in the middle, seeing someone is that two-way option in that joke. In a um, uh, in advertising right now, there's a great example of these the Geico commercials. Uh, there is you know we just we just bought a house, but we have ant problems. Yes, there's a bunch of middle aged women going, "This is expired, Terry. You're slouching. It's expired. Get rid of it." And it's a a n t versus a u n t. Uh, fabulous. And that's that the is that is a great commercial. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a phonetic ambiguity uh, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the biz. No, not in the biz. I call it the two-way option. But someone said, oh my gosh, that would be called a phonetic ambiguity. Right? It sounds official now. I sound so much smarter when I talk. All right. All right. Yeah. So, so, you know, what, what do you think when, when people are using their humor and, and they're in a group of people and, and there's just a couple of people in that room that 
really don't, you know, you're standing up as, as speakers and authors and consultants and coaches, you know, we're, we're really trying to engage everybody in the room, but there's sometimes there's two or three people that just aren't getting it or not coming along with it. What, what would you tell our listeners to kind of do to help engage them? Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. If there's a hundred people and you got 97, guess what? Your approval rating is better than any president of the United States ever. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, there was a, uh, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a comedian named A. Whitney Brown uh, with this joke, but I'm going to make it a little bit different off there. There's 8 billion people in the world. If you're looking for someone who's one in a million, there's 8,000 of them. Hmm. So yep. if somebody walks away from you, there's 8,000 more of those people that are one in a million. When you're looking for clients, if I got 97, if 97% of the room is laughing and having a good time, oh, heck yeah, you're doing a great job. Uh, it, we always focus on that one or two people that don't like us. Let that go and focus on the people that do lot happier, a lot healthier, uh, and you don't get distracted. Um, one of my favorite moments ever in stand-up was a moment exactly like you're talking about. Uh, my friend Jim Harris was on stage at the Punchline in San Francisco and having the best set in the world. There were two people right in front on the left that weren't laughing at all. And he was 20 minutes into this thing and he was frustrated by these two people and he turned to them and he goes, what's, why can't I get you to laugh? Why can't I get you? And they turned to each other and started going, <laughs> they didn't understand English. They just happened to be at the show. So yeah. they might not. They, and also not everybody laughs. Um, hmm. The average four or five-year-old laughs 300, 400 times a day. The average 50-year-old laughs four or five times a day. So the older you get, you tend to laugh less because here's why you th think, you know, what's going to happen and nothing surprises you. Yeah. Uh, so here's another trick. You want to get younger, laugh more. Oh yeah. There yeah. we go. Bring yourself back down. Yeah. And there's actually scientific proof behind that. Uh, as far as stress, heart disease, weight gain, weight loss, attitude, the, uh, and I always say this one wrong. So I'm going to think about it a second. Oxytocin. Yes. Oxytocin, because yeah. those are two very yeah, different. You're right. <laughs> but oxytocin, it's the, it's the trust hormone. And uh, people, people shoot it out when they cuddle, when they have massages, when they have sex, when they, what else, when they have childbirth and when they laugh. Which of those five do you think would be HR friendly? You know, yeah, I'm going with the laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you have if you have these these uh, opportunities to do that, you try to build trust. There it is. That's that's scientific proof right behind it. You know, uh, we're very serious at work. Well, you're going to go out of business eventually unless you're you're or have to retool every year or so when you lose people and replacing people is ridiculously expensive. Happy people stay longer for less pay. It's, it's huge. Oh yeah. Recruiting, bringing someone on new, it's very yep. expensive. And, and, you know, people really want to be human beings at work. They want to come in, they want to have uh, productive, productive work days. They want to be contributing, but they, but they also need the levity and, and having some fun. 
And, and you know, you mentioned COVID. I, I think, uh, you know, as, as we start to wrap up here, COVID and technology has, has kind of put, put some pressure on us. And, uh, you know, over at Kaleidoscope Media Services, we do a lot with e-learning courses and we do a lot with building digital communities because we feel, you know, there's still ways that you can teach people and then you can lay on the consulting with that interpersonal um, action or reaction and conversations. How have you seen for companies um, being able to leverage the humor within the world of technology and having the relationship that we're having right now via, uh, you know, technology? Well, it's, I've seen a lot of good speakers and leaders not come across that way over Zoom. And so what you have to do is add an extra layer just for this format. And this format's not going to go away. We're still going to have everything. Uh, but if you, if you have some fun and change the sight line quite a bit, that's important. One of the things I did, I have my high school uh, graduation picture that I used at the beginning of uh, a, a meeting or, a, or an advertisement for a meeting. I said, have you ever come to a Zoom meeting and you look like this? And I hold up the picture of me in high school with tons of hair. If you can see me now, I have no hair. Have <laughs> you ever started looking like this? And then I drop the picture and my face is there and you watch at the end of the meeting, you look like this. And it's just little things like that. I use this, uh, I use the picture as a co-host. I had pictures of three old girlfriends as a review panel of things I was saying. Uh, you have to do different things from different angles to keep things interesting. People are embarrassed to be discovered on Zoom uh, with making the mistake. What if instead of them being embarrassed because their cat or their spouse walked in, what if you gave an award for the best cat or pet interruption of a Zoom meeting? That's a fabulous thing to do. Um, when uh, the first time I did the, the, the humor algorithm program, I had 26 strangers instead of who are you and what are you? I said, grab something that's in your sight line right here that means something special to mm -hmm. you. And so they just explained this thing. They took like 20 seconds to explain it. But I knew more about them in 20 seconds than I would have by saying, who are you? What do you do? And why are you here? Right. Right. No, no, ab absolutely. Yeah, it's just a different, it, it's actually opened up ways to interact differently. Like you said, that that personal trophy or the things that are, you know, here on my wall, I mean, they represent something. Yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 whole, uh, if you think adventure is dangerous, try routine, it's lethal. I mean, that represents me. I, I do not want to be routine. So it's 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 a great way of interacting. Um, and, and because I know that people are going to want to just, just, follow you, hear more about you. How do people get a hold of you? Where's the best way that they can find you? Uh, Leadershipthroughlaughter.com is my website. Uh, that's being, actually, it's being redone as we, as we speak to <laughs> actually reflect more what, what I do. The other thing is I always have little tidbits. Like right now I have, uh, I have a book coming out called Leadership Through Laughter, but it's, it's basic outline is something where I started writing down a lead magnet of 10 humor tips and it got to 52 and it got longer. So I have 52 humor tips at uh, kiwilive.com. The password is Zoom. And so I've always got little things that are free in there that you can get uh, uh, on there. I've got a link to my article in Toastmaster Magazine about where to find story uh, methods. I've also got a, a link for 20 minutes. If you have any questions about humor, come schedule a, a 
uh, a 20 minute uh, talk with me and we'll just chat about things that you're worried about. That link to that is also at kiwilive.com password zoom. Listeners, this has been a great day all about humor and you, you have to get a hold of Ray. Get in touch with him, go to his website, talk to him about what he's doing. Let him build a world of people who are having fun and laughing a lot. With that, this has been another episode of Heart, Hustle, and Humor. And I just want to say, if you like this episode, please subscribe, like us, share with your friends, and leave us a review. Continue to dream higher. Until next time. Are you a professional looking to take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go to KaleidoscopeMediaServices.com. Check it out. And if you feel you are ready, then set up a time to talk to me and my co-founder, Laura Neubauer. I'm your host, Dr. T. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends.